Hi, this is Jake, and you're listening to the Flight Training Podcast. Today's lesson on guidance is our final podcast on guidance, and I kind of gave me pause before I decided to go into this with you guys because the stuff I'm going to be talking about today, uh, it's not a first step in guidance, and it's a path for a mature Christian to be taking. It could actually, I could see how it could uh, give excuse or give temptation to a young Christian that could be unhealthy. But I feel like with where you guys are at, I think it's important to to go through this lesson and talk about it and talk through, we're going to talk through a lot of scripture. I'm not going to give a lot of stories. I'm going to talk through a lot of scripture where I'm coming from with this view on guidance. Um, because when we first come to Jesus, uh, coming to Jesus is about accepting him through faith and it's about sacrificing our will or crucifying our will. And that's something we have to do over and over again as Christians is say, not my way, God, but your way. And that's an example of how we follow Jesus is say, not my will be done, but your will, God. And so we get from that process, which is very healthy, very foundational to a Christian at any level. You have to constantly be willing to say, Jesus is not about me. It's about following you. I trust you and your ways more than myself. But because of that, we can get stuck when it comes to guidance and thinking there should be no input from us. And so we pray, God, what do you want me to do? And we try to ignore our own desires a lot of times. And it, sometimes it is good to say, like, I know what I want to do, but I'm going to try to genuinely listen just to God on what he wants. But it can be a problem, and it can actually slow down a development that I think God wants you to have, um, because I think there comes a point in your walk with God where you need to be clear, just even yourself, you need to know for yourself what do you want, and to be able to bring the honest desire of your heart to Jesus through prayer, through time with him, Jesus can then mold you to be more like him. So to actually, when it comes to guidance, there's a, a place to get to where part of the process is getting clear on what do you want and then talking over what you want with God and checking it with him. And I do believe there are times where God is saying there are many options in front of you and I can use you in many ways and I'm going to let you as my child choose what you want to do, and I'm going to support you in it. And we're going to read through a bunch of passages, but I think that part of the reasoning for that is that God wants us to be his children. He doesn't want us to just be obedient robots. He wants us to grow up to be like Jesus and to be the type of person where the the very things we want are things that glorify God. And the way we get there, part of the transformation process is to bring our real wants to him and to work through guidance on how does that affect things. So let me take you through some passages here and I'll try to explain things a little more clearly. So I'm going to jump around quite a bit here, but 2 Corinthians chapter 2, we get an interesting just note of guidance from Paul. Okay, so 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through 14, Paul says, Now when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found out that the Lord had opened a door for me, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. So that's verse 12 and 14. Note that, that Paul says Jesus had opened a door for him in that first city. 
that first place. But he didn't feel himself a peace of mind, even though he could see God had opened up something for him. And why did he not feel peace of mind? It's because he couldn't find his friend, his brother in the faith, Titus. And so he left. <laughs> he said, like, I don't feel good about this. Even though God's opened a door for me, I don't, I don't, I don't feel good about being here because the guy I expected to be here with me isn't. And so I'm, I'm moving on, even though God's opened up something for me. Now, when you hear those two verses, my mind goes to, man, Jesus opened a door for you. And just because somebody's not there and just because you're not comfortable, you gotta, you gotta go where God opens the door. And, and so I almost expect there to be a repentance from Paul, like I was wrong or I was cowardly or something like that. But that's not what happens. Verse 14, he says, But thanks be to God, who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. And he goes on in very positive speech after that about his role and how Jesus was using him and God used him in Macedonia. And this idea that he's thankful that, like, you know, God was going to use me in Troas, but I didn't feel peace there, so I decided to go somewhere else, and God used me somewhere else. Now, I'm not, again, the reason I wouldn't just teach this lesson to a brand new Christian, I'm not saying you can you can just run around and do whatever you want to do, and God's going to bless you. Please do not take that from this lesson. What I am saying is there are times where a mature Christian has many options, and whichever option they choose, God can use them in. So maybe you're debating whether you should go, you know, do some ministry in Los Angeles or whether you should do some ministry in St. Joe. And there might be the time where God says you have to go to St. Joe. But there might also be a time where God says, you know what? If you go to St. Joe, I'm going to use you there. If you go to Los Angeles, I'm going to use you there. And you might choose based off of a personal friendship or something, which one you want to do. And God could use you in both. I'm not saying that's always the case, but that is possible. And we see this option here from Paul right there in the Bible. Now, why, you know, I talked a little bit about this already, but why would God give us options? Like, why wouldn't God just tell us this is the best place for you to be? A lot of us have this vision, this idea that God's will is very static, very stuck, and there's only one right way that God can really work. And I honestly think God is more creative and more able to be flexible and more able to make awesome things come out of of the things that we give to him. And so I also think like God's mission on earth is very different than what we think of. Okay, so a lot of times when we are coming to Jesus, we are thinking, God, my life is a wreck. I know I'm wrong. I know you're right, Jesus. Show me the way. And that is a great way to come to Jesus. But a lot of times what we are expecting from God is far less than God wants for us. Let me say that again. You might be expecting a lot less from God than God wants for you. So, let me share on this particular note. Like you might be thinking, oh, there's only one right way for me to go and I got to get it right so I'll be obedient. Jesus is trying to get you to the place where you are like him. Not just to the place where you don't do anything wrong, but where there's goodness coming out of you, where you are a child of God, where you are with a little g, godly. Okay, where you are like God, not in a big worshipful sort of way, but in a, you are a mirror image or a lesser image or a model of God. 
you are like him. So where am I getting some of these ideas from? Well, one of them comes from Psalms 32. I think it shows us a little bit of the heart of what God wants from us. Psalms 32, 8 and 9 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by the bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. You see, a lot of us, our goal with God is, God, just make me like a faithful horse. (laughs) That's what we want. Like, God, just put a bit in my mouth and use pain and use very clear, obvious ways to just force me to go the way you want me to go. That's what a lot of us want. And honestly, it's not a bad place to be for a time in your walk with God. Like there is a time to be held very, very, just go this exact way by God and very, very clear. This is the thing you need to do and it's contrary action to what you want and do it. But the ultimate thing that God wants from us is he wants to teach us. He wants to counsel us in a loving way. He wants to He wants ultimately for us to come to him, not because we're forced to, not because we have to, but because we want to. And so he wants more than just an animal submission. He wants the love of a child for their father. He wants the faithfulness that's there. A lot of us are just shooting for animal submission. We're just shooting for, I'm trying to get to the spot where I just don't do things wrong. God wants more for you than that, okay? I'm going to read a little further. This is not in Psalms. I'm going to jump us to Galatians. And it talks about the difference of just being in a law system, like before Jesus came, and what we're in now. There's a freedom by our relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. So Galatians chapter 3, and really the whole book of Galatians does a good job of laying out this idea. We're going to look just a little bit in chapter 3 and chapter 5. So Galatians chapter 3 Verse 23, it says, Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Let me pause there, and then we'll do the rest of this section. So verse 23 and 24 is saying that back in the Old Testament times, they had the law that came through Moses and through the prophets. And this law was like a guardian of an estate. And they're talking about like an heir of an estate. When when somebody back in those days, if your dad owned a whole bunch of land, um, but you were a really little kid or something, you're five years old and your dad goes away or dies, uh, a lot of times there would be a guardian uh, put in charge to keep the land and all the value and the property going to make decisions, financial and stuff like that, until the boy or the the child was an adult and then they would become the owner of the property and be the commander of what should be done now what he's saying here is that before jesus came we humanity was like those was like a little kid that needed a guardian on top of it to tell it these are the things you have to do but now that jesus has come we have been raised up to this level of not needing a guardian. Okay, Jesus has something more for us than just a rule book to follow. So here's what he says in verse 25. He says, now that this faith has come, we no longer, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed 
yourself with Christ. So here's what's happened. Now that Jesus has come, we've put our faith in him. We have become God's children. We literally, through the Holy Spirit, are we're able to clothe ourselves with Jesus. We're able to have Jesus in us, on us. And so we're different. We don't need a list of rules to follow. We're called to something more than that, not less. Now that's the danger when sometimes people hear about freedom is they actually want to just go out and sin and do terrible things and they want to do worse than the people of the Old Testament should have done. But what Paul is saying here is we're called to more than they were called. We've been lifted up so that we've been lifted up to be like Jesus, to be children of God here and now through faith. And so when we see that, I want you to know that a lot of times when we are looking for guidance, God cares about whatever thing that we care about and are struggling with, okay? That's a big deal in our life. And so God cares about us. He cares about that thing. But I think a lot of times we are so focused on, oh, I got to know the exact right job to get, or I got to know the exact right person to do this thing with. I got to know the exact right time to start this or whatever. And the reality is God cares more about how going through that process is going to mold us and potentially mold other people a lot of times than he cares about the specific decision. He cares more about shaping us as his kids. Okay, and so when we go through these things, Jesus oftentimes is trying to, to mold us to be like him to make decisions the way he makes decisions, to want the things he wants. And so if we just come to him with a, doesn't matter what I want, Jesus just give me the right answer, we're actually working against sometimes, I think, what he's trying to do. He's trying to, sh- to show us how to make right decisions, not just give us the answer. He's trying to teach us how to do the math problem, not just give us the answer, if that makes sense, okay? Because he wants us to be people who can go out and do the right things over and over and who can choose to glorify him over and over, not just people who made the right decision one time, okay? One more verse about freedom or one more passage. This is also in Galatians, and I think this is is maybe the, the keystone of all that we're talking about today. He says in Galatians 5, verse 13 through 16, says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Think about that. When we ask for guidance from God, we shouldn't be asking in a way of, Jesus, take away my freedom. It should be, Jesus, I want your insight because I know you have best for me. I want you to help me make the right decision. I want to always obey you but I know you've given me freedom to make some choices. So help me to know how to use this freedom that you've given me. Don't take the freedom away. Help me to use this freedom to glorify you. Okay, and to get real clear here, Paul gives us the same sort of warning I've been talking about. He says, in the second half of verse 13, he says, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Okay, so don't just go out, use your freedom to sin, to make bad decisions. He says, rather serve one another humbly in love. When you're going through guidance and you're trying to figure things out, Check your own heart. Like, is the thing that you want, does it involve humbly serving others in a loving way? If the things you want involve humbly serving others in a loving way, you're on the right track. For instance, with Paul, Paul didn't feel good when he didn't have his friend with him in that one spot. But he wasn't running off to just go on the beach and hang out with his buddy. He was going to another place to still tell people about Jesus. And, like, God was on board with that. God was like, okay. I was going to open a door for you there, but if you want to go to this other place, if you are if you feel better about that, God was still willing to, to change 
plans and to bless him on that journey, okay? Verse 14, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. So I mean, obviously anything you're deciding to do, if it doesn't fit into love your neighbor as yourself, then it's it's not from God and it's not the right choice. He goes on further, he says, if you bind and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Verse 16 is what I really wanted to get to. He says, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So here's ultimately what we're called to as Christians. When it comes to guidance, it's about a relational walk with the Holy Spirit. And if we're actually close to the Holy Spirit, our heart is not going to even want to go do sinful things. If you'll read the rest of chapter 5, it gets into real specifics of here's the things that the sinful nature wants, here's the thing that the Holy Spirit wants. But if you're walking with the Holy Spirit, if you're close with Him, the things you want are going to be more and more like the Holy Spirit. And how do you get the things that you want to be more and more like the Holy Spirit? Well, you start taking the things that you want here and now today, the questions you have, think about what do you really want in that question. Take that, actually decide what do you really want. Take that to Jesus and talk to him about it. Sometimes you'll see Jesus says like, okay, that's what you want. Here it is. Other times Jesus will say, you know, as you were I think just even now, as you described it to me, you can see how selfish and unloving that is. And clearly that's not the thing I want for you. And so as we take our real desires to him in prayer and solitude and we explore them with him, we'll find that Jesus wants so much to have that conversation with us. He wants to get in to what do we want and why do we want it. And I think that conversation is much more important to him than just an answer about who to marry or which job to take or whether to buy a car or not. You know, like the, the answer of that question isn't as important as that, that journey with him of going through Jesus. These are the things I really care about. Help me to help me to navigate it. And he will He'll mold you as you bring it to him. I hope this has made sense today. I'm very happy to talk more with you guys about it. We covered a lot of ground. Here's the challenge. I want you to explore this idea of getting clear on what you want. And so take something that's a big question in your life, something you want God's guidance on. I'm not going to put specific time limits on you here, but spend a chunk of time, you know yourself, spend a significant chunk of time reflecting on that, that question that you have, that you want God's guidance on. Reflect on what is the whole situation, what is your guess of what God might want you to do. Also think about what is it that just you yourself want in that situation. And then I want you to write down clearly and specifically what you want. So don't, you know, don't just be real vague. I want what's best. I want you to write specifically, like, I want to get married and have five kids and blah, 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 or I want to have this type of car, or I want to start this ministry and be preaching every single Sunday. Whatever it is that you specifically want, get clear on it and write it down. You got to face it. Sometimes it's humbling to see like, ooh, that's what I really want. And maybe right away you'll see like, I don't know if that's good or not. Don't judge it yet. Just write it down. Then spend some time talking it over with God. Say, God, this is what, this is honestly what I really want in this situation. What do you think about it? Ask him repeatedly. Say, God, this is what I want. Do you want it for me? Ask him for it. Say, God, please give this to me. Listen for his response. So repeatedly ask, hopefully over a period of days, even before we meet again. And you can just ask over and over and over for days and weeks and even months. God, this is what I really want. 
but then listen for his response. He may tell you, that's not what I have for you. Or he may tell you, like, your desires need to change. Or he may say, like, that's not best. Let's ask for something different. Or he might say, like, that's okay. That's great. I'm going to give it to you. Okay? Explore that with Jesus. Be his child and take your take your wants to him honestly. That's what I'm talking about today. Be clear about what you actually want, which most people don't take the time to actually figure out what they want. Be clear on what you actually want. Take it to Jesus. It's going to start this process that molds you. And if you'll do it over and over, you'll become the type of person who's walking by the Spirit of God. Or at least that's a big piece of it. Okay, you got to actually be obedient as he guides you to things. But a big piece of it is going through this process, okay? So God bless you guys on this. Um, I know it's going to be a good journey if you'll take it. (laughs) 